Hello. Hello. Hello, and welcome to another Epic TV Climbing podcast it's with me, Hugo Pilcher, and your other host, me, Matt Groom. Hey, uh, it feels like every time we do this, we're in a different weird place. Yes. Uh, apart from the last one where we were actually in the office. Yeah, that's, that's an exception. Should we explain where we are today? Where are we? We're in Munich. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've just arrived from Innsbruck. And we're going to the press, the Messe, tomorrow for the one and only Outdoor 2019. Yeah, if you don't know what Outdoor is, it happens once a year. And it's a big trade show that happens in uh, the Messe, which is a big sort of, how do you describe it? Like a cavernous hall where lots of brands stay. And we wander around uh, without sunlight for three days. A well con- a well air-conditioned prison. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and all, the, all the brands show off their gear that they're coming out for next year. So it's sort of like a year ahead. So s- spring, summer next year, we'll be seeing the gear that we get previewed this trip. What's your favourite thing about trade shows? Nothing. Uh, no, um, the... Oh. Sorry, nice Dan. We've got a mic. The mic fell like over that. there. My favourite thing about trade shows is okay. There's, there's, there's. Sorry, that just to explain that was a mic for. I don't yeah. know. If, was that not clear enough? I don't know, it might sound like an earthquake. <laughs> um, I, I like it because it's an opportunity to sort of catch up with people. Because we work with a lot of brands, but it's nice to have everyone in the same place. You get to see everyone again, say hi, hear some stories. It's kind of a catch up moment, which I do quite like. That's, uh, your, that's your favourite thing? That is my favourite thing, genuinely. That is my favourite thing. I like I like seeing the people you haven't seen for a year, uh, taking the piss out of people, people taking the piss out of you, flirting a little bit possibly, just having fun, having a good time. Um, my favourite thing, uh, and I, I think we're going to miss it this year, but on the final night, mm. there's always a party. Uh, and if you've ever been to one of those kind of corporate type parties where um, all the people that have been working very hard very um uh they they have a they have a party uh it's very well deserved but it is like uh it's come it's, there's, a, there's an element of force fun in there there is yeah and, and i don't want to I, I can't say this on the podcast but let's just say the last one a couple of years ago ended us uh running away from the police that is true yeah it's true yeah. yeah and climbing over a razor wire fence but we will <laughs> not be talking about that on this podcast because uh our lawyers have informed us not to but let's just say it gets a little bit messy so that's where we are that's where we've been but it's time for another podcast and thank you first of all for everyone who's written to us uh saying they're enjoying them giving mm-hmm. us suggestions on yeah. other ones it's, it's been awesome to see that response so thank you do tell people do subscribe to the podcast can you, without giving away what today's episode is going to be about, mm. what is what have some of the suggestions that you've had? Uh, I can't remember a single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember any of them. Somebody uh, very kindly got in touch on Instagram and said they wanted to know about um, how to kind of start climbing outdoors within uh, the UK. So like good Ooh. outdoor areas to go to the UK. I remember that because he was saying how he doesn't, he can't find intermediate areas. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, we've had lots of sort of people wanting instructional stuff, like how to do this, how to mm. train. That's come up a few times. Um, and people are using the email, climb at epictv.com to send in stuff as well. Uh, so thank you if you're doing that. I would suggest though, if you are looking for instructional videos, mm. then just try a YouTube channel first because invariably we have done quite a lot of the stuff that people have been suggesting because we put out a YouTube video a while ago asking people what they wanted. Yes. And a lot the suggestions that people were making with videos that we'd, we'd had actually already done. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit in the past, so you have to look, search quite hard for them, yep. but we have done them. And, and what I'm fascinated 
fascinated about is uh, people who listen to this podcast doing weird things. So next okay. time we put up an Instagram post, if you're, if you're hearing this now, please comment and let us know how you're listening to the podcast. Are you in the gym? Are you in the car? Are you at work? What are you doing? What's uh, been the best one that you've heard? My mate Pete uh, working out in the Lawn Tennis Association gym with fingerboards on a uh, like a, one of those machines. And he was in, <laughs> he was in the gym uh, and Wait, there's, a, there's a fingerboard in a lawn no, tennis association he, gym. No, I should explain more. So he's made a <laughs> fingerboard and he hung it on one of those uh, machines, you know, those, those lat machines. Yeah. He put it yep. on there. Yeah. So he walked in there one day without realizing that it was all cordoned off for Anacorn, not Anacornacova, um, Sharapova. So Sharapova was in there on a private gym session. No one else allowed in. He didn't realize. He walked in, he uh, hung up his fingerboard. You can mm-hmm. imagine how weird this is looking to a professional tennis player. And he started doing it. So a, it's just him and that. Him, him, Maria. Sharapova, yep. She's doing her thing. He's fingerboarding. Um, and it's just the best image. Listen to the podcast. So that that has to be one of the best images I've got of this podcast. I wonder how he got in. Well, he apparently just walked in. There were signs. He, everyone knew. He apparently didn't He know. just ignored all the signs. Yeah. If you head know down. Him, he was so busy listening to the podcast, he didn't even notice exactly, what's happening. That could be it. That could be it. So yeah. if you've got a better story than that, which I doubt, ladies and gentlemen, then please let us know. That is a very good story. Somebody got in touch the other day and said they listened to it on their paper rounds, Ooh, which I thought was very good. Sorry. How old were they? 13. Wow, fair enough. Mm. And wow. he said he's, he's the guy that's just started climbing and he wants to find out about areas outside. Ah, cool. I can't remember your name. Sorry, sir. We'll find it out. We'll shout it out at the end of the podcast, maybe. Um, Right, today's podcast, let's crack on. Uh, We are going to talk about climbing heroes slash climbing influencers. Slash climbing mentors. Yes, the triple, the triple threat. (laughs) Um, Because, look, we figured that within climbing, there are heroes. Of course there are. There are people, there's legends of the sport, people pushing the sport forward. And inevitably, as climbers, uh, when you're involved in climbing, you look up to these people, you see what they're doing, it inspires you, makes you want to try harder. But also there's the people who aren't famous, the people who inspired us to climb, who got us to gyms, who drove us outside, who showed us how to place a cam. These people, I reckon, are as important as the famous guys. You know, these are the actual people who uh, who inspired us. So that is the theme for today. Uh, and I think we should throw it to you, Hugo, first um... of all. It's difficult. difficult. Let's start off with hero. So within the sort of quote-unquote famous climbing world, is there anyone who, if you saw, you'd be a bit starstruck, who's inspired you, who you think's a big deal? I think for me, uh, Sean Villeneuve Villeneuve Mm. O'Driscoll, I think is one of my my climbing heroes, just because um, I love his sense of adventure. I love the fact that he plays music. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love... I love watching his films. I mean, I think him and Nico Favres, having met Nico Favres, it confirmed to me that he's a super funny, cool dude. Yeah. And I, like, we've met Sean as well. We know Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a very nice guy as well. He's very, very funny. So those two, I think, for me, are, at the moment, I'd say are my biggest climbing heroes. And what about them makes them a hero for you? Is it the ability they've got or is it what they do with the sport? I think it's the ability that they've got and... Yeah, basically those two things. It's like the ability they got, how good they are, but like mostly it's their kind of like they try and push the boundaries in, in maybe different ways to what we see other people do. So they're not like hardcore sport climbers. They are looking for a sense of adventure every time they go out and do something. Mm-hmm. So um, and and they're willing to kind of put the effort in to make uh, videos as well. One of the best series, I think, still one of my favourite climbing series is The Whistler, the Raccoon and the Wizard or something yes, like that. Yes, yes, yes. And, it's, and it chronicles the story of Nico, 
Sean uh, and this other young uh, Canadian climber who I, um, I can't remember. But basically, it's an epic TV series. I'm not just picking it up because it's, it's an epic TV series. It is honestly one of the funniest things. Uh, one of the funniest climbing series. I think there's climbing films out there that are like have that similar kind of thing. But we were talking last night at dinner with a Black Diamond uh, guy because we were just come from a Black Diamond shoot. And there's, there's certain films... I'm kind of going to films a little bit, but there's certain films that like people remember them like forever. Uh, and I think Free Solo and The Dawn will be, but there's other ones and, and it's because of the humour. It's the funniness. Yeah. And I think those two guys are just, they just crack me up when they're on, when they're on camera, when they're, even when they're not on camera, they're funny as hell as well. Yeah, Sean is a very funny man. Yeah, it's uh, brilliant. Weird as hell, but brilliant. What I quite like about Sean is that you, he's got this, this persona that he has with the camera, kind of like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> But um, as when you when we first met him, yeah, he's quite reserved. He's, he's quite very quiet. reserved. I thought he was he'd be a drinker. Yeah, because I thought you know he's like okay, being a bit stereotypical. He's fairly Irish. I was like that man enjoys a beer. He definitely enjoys a beer. And sort of we were like, do you want a beer? He's like, no, don't want a beer. He was quite serious to start mm. with, and then mm. and then you chat to him and he sort of warms himself up, and then he played us his tin whistle. But then the couple of times we've met him since, he's been like, hey, boys, yeah. how you doing? Nice to see you. Which I, for me, I always appreciate. There's like a couple of climbers that do that. When they see us, they're like, hey, how you doing? Mm. He's definitely one of them. And Nico's definitely one of them as well. Something I was well impressed with Sean is we were at Mellablocker once. And we were behind that building at Mellablocker. And he was spotting me bouldering. It was a dino move. And I always feel when pro climbers climb with me, that it's like when I climb with someone who can climb like 5A. Mm-hmm. They're kind of supportive, but they secretly think you're shit. <laughs> you know, and, and that was Sean. He was genuinely wanting me to do this boulder. Yeah. And, he, and when I did it, he was genuinely like overjoyed and surprised in a nice way it was like you know I got the feeling that he was like shit I, I could hardly do that bold but you just did it he must have been faking it but it was this feeling of warmth that he gave off that made me feel great and uh, I thought it was quite special as a pro I know that feeling of like when you climb with somebody that's better than you and you think mm. no, really. I actually got I used to get that those vibes from you when we first started <laughs> and no, nowadays no not so much yeah, after yeah. we climbed together for a while yeah. and I now understand that you're being genuine but when I first started I was like when you're going, come on, come on, let's get this good. He's like, I'm so much shit to the name. Why is he fucking yeah, saying, come yeah. on, why is he encouraging me? Um, but I, I, think, I think that's always the thing when you're climbing with people with different standards. Yeah. Well, it's um, scary as well, isn't it? But he made me feel good, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, uh, what I loved about that film is, when I think about that film, I don't think about climbing. I think Which film are we talking about? The, the whistle, the wizard. The yeah, 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 yeah. The climbing is like, I honestly can't the remember. The climbing's amazing oh, as well. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. None of it do I remember yeah, now. Yeah, like, no, no, I couldn't tell you a single pitch of climbing. But I remember being in the boat, uh, Captain Bob. No, but that's a different series. Is it? Yeah, so the whistle of the raccoon, the thing, is when they go up in Patagonia. Oh, crap. So that's not TV Bob. Series. That's not Bob. It's Which one was that then? Uh, the Bob one because Wizard wasn't the Wizard the boat no the Wizard the Wizard and Raccoon uh, the Bob is the, the, the boat is called there's a whole song about yes, it yes you're right but there was two trips with that boat wasn't there the yeah there was two trips yeah. yeah one was in Greenland and the Fine. other one was okay. in somewhere else okay well I'm going to talk to you because it, it's you the same kind of vibe what did you just swear I swear earlier as well no I said shh fine fine you said fine just then right I don't know you're like fine yes I said fine I thought you said you said 
No, I said I think I said fine, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lump it in because it's still my point, which is that I still don't remember the climbing in those ones either. None yeah. of the climbing matters. It's yeah. the it's the the fun they're having. The adventure. It. Yeah, and I used to sit uh, with my mate after climbing, having had a few beers in his house, and we used to watch that and be like, we want that adventure. That's mm-hmm. all we talked about. It wasn't the climbing because the climbing scared the heck out of me. It was the the adventure of it. Uh, when we listened to Nico Favares talk mm. in Greece, Greece, yeah, and he was talking about like near death experiences, and he he described what could like literally probably would be in anybody's head the most terrifying experience of climbing up like a chimney type block, getting to a part uh, where you had to like hug this this boulder. Mm. Essentially, the boulder started coming loose, and he was in a chimney anyway, and he basically had to push the boulder back, yeah, and then just kind of climbed past it and there was like no holes he just had to like push his body past it mm-hmm. and he said he was so close to letting go and there was no protection and he would have been in a lot of trouble wow that's scary uh so i they climbed like ridiculously hard they're amazing climbers um but it's just that sense of adventure as well isn't it yeah I and it. sort of moving on to that to my one of my climbing heroes yeah because i think i've got a few i've got categories of climbing heroes but if we're talking about the sean villanueva category yes mark smiley Okay. Hero. Do you know Mark Smiley? I know, I know, absolutely. A yeah. big fan. So he did a series, uh, again, it's kind of film based, but called uh, The Smiley Project. And mm-hmm. it was him and his wife, and they were trying to climb. Another Epic TV production. Was it really? Yep. I see, I never watched that on Epic TV. Where did you watch it? I then? don't know. There was a website. There was their website. They had it on their website. Was that our player on their website? I think it was our player on their website. Because they had hundreds of episodes. They had lots. Because they were trying to do like the 100, 50, the 50, like the 50, 50 yeah. classic climbs. Yeah, 50 classic climbs. And then there was a series of like 10, 15 videos. They yeah, might have lot. released it. We might have like got a non-exclusive thing for it. But it was definitely on Epic TV. Oh, wow. Yeah, I always watched it on, on a different website. Sorry about that. Um, oh, maybe Vimeo. Yeah, probably. Shout it was something. Big I didn't, up Vimeo. Yeah. Ooh. Um, but that, that video inspired me because I wanted to get into mountaineering. And again, I like the fact that they it was it was the adventure of what they were doing, not the hardness of it. But God, did they do some difficult routes. Yeah. Like I remember one with the mushrooms. Do you remember watching Yes, that? that's amazing. Oh, and it backed off it the year before and then he literally tunnels through this mushroom. It's in amazing. And it's so scary because you know that he's got no protection. You know, his wife, I think, it was, I think he did it with his wife, but I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, no, he did, he did. She probably had rubbish protection. She's watching her husband swim up through this mushroom. And... But what I liked about that series is I thought that I could do most of those climbs. Mm-hmm. Like none of them were technically that difficult. They were very, you know, you need to be a good mountaineer, you need, experience, you need all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't like you needed to crank AA. You just needed to go out and go for it. And Head games. Head games, yeah. yeah. But I just, I thought that was special. And again, it's the adventure thing. And I'm, when I met Mark Smiley, embarrassingly, the first time I met him, I didn't know it was him. So we were... And you had the same jacket on as well. Did I? Do you remember? I, well, I remember oh, was being it the um, Arcteryx barbecue? No, I'm talking about a different time. See, uh, I met him before. Yeah, yeah. So we were in the test centre in Chamonix, yeah. listening to a talk. It was just when I first started Epic TV. And there was a live stream we tried to do for the first time. It didn't work. On Periscope. Do you remember that? Oh, Periscope. Yeah, yeah we tried to use Periscope. We were in, I don't know what, what it was, but it was some kind of a film festival in the test show. And we gave away, as a part of a marketing deal, we had a bunch of shoes. 
You remember this? Colin Haley was talking. Col- it was Colin Haley, right. Yeah. Colin Haley talk. And we had a bunch of shoes that we'd been using for Epic TV. And it was my idea. And I thought, what we'll do is we'll give these shoes away to people and get them to write a review for us. Yeah. Free pair of shoes review. Kind of worked. Some yep. people did right. One of these guys was Mark Smiley. And I hadn't got a clue who he was. Because I, I just didn't expect to see Mark Smiley in the middle of Chamonix trying to get free shoes off me. You know, I just didn't <laughs> expect it. So he took a pair of shoes. And I kind of read in the riot act. Because everyone was like, I, I, I know what climbers are like, right? So I was like, you have to write me a review. He was like, I promise we will do it, no problem. <laughs> he left, and the next day I was looking through the contact details that I'd taken to, to chase people up, basically, to be like, hey, it's Matt, you met me last night, please write me a review. And it was Mark Smiley. And I, was, I felt so stupid, because I, number one, he was my hero. Number two, I'd read him the riot act about doing an interview. I still don't understand why he took the shoes, because he's, he has a sponsor. I don't know why on earth he decided to do Who's that. Who's his sponsor? I don't know. I don't, well, he's, he's Arcteryx, isn't he? Arcteryx, well, they don't make shoes. You know what climbers sure. like, like free pair of shoes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I just, in my head, because he'd been on movies, he was rich. Mm-hmm. I was naive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, just, I was like, why do you need shoes? His little DSLR. Yeah, like, come yeah, on exactly. But uh, yeah, that was fun. And then second time, you're right, at the Arcteryx Academy. And, and you had I, the same jackets. Yeah, the same jackets. We yeah. did. And I and totally was... fanboyed on him. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I, even... I got funny about it. <laughs> I think it's probably quite a good thing that first time yeah. that you read in the right act. Do you reckon? But you didn't realise that it was Mark Smiley. Otherwise, you'd have been like, yeah, I, would have, I would have tripled. Here's another pair of shoes. Yes, please take them off. Don't write anything. Just take my email address. Yeah, so Mark Smiley, you're not listening to this, but if you were, thank you for being my hero. Yes, okay, so that's number one. That's number one. I did two. You, you can do another one. So let's talk then, switch it up. We'll go back to heroes, but let's talk about uh, mentors, influencers. Okay. Who's your mentor? or Do you have one? Or is it? Is it? did you come into the sport without one? Uh, I came into the sport without one. I think probably my first one would be Charlie Bosco. Yeah. Who was a good one. Yeah. Because he didn't really care about what he was climbing. Doesn't like climbing. Doesn't really like climbing. But he was like, he quite liked climbing easy stuff. Yeah. So we'd go and climb easy stuff. Did you do the Chalk and Granite series with him? I didn't film film it, no. But we did, like, it was on Epic TV. Because you did something with him, didn't you, when he did the boulders? I remember you telling me you went up and maybe it wasn't you. Forget that question. So how, how often did you climb with Charlie? <laughs> I climbed with Charlie quite a bit just because on trips and stuff we'd go, uh, we'd go climbing and we'd try, uh, like at the end of the day of a shooting day, we could try and get like a little climbing session in. Um, and I like wasn't necessarily like he was, he'd show me like kind of what to do, but he was just a little more mitball, like just, just go and do it and just figure it out yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which was cool. Um, and then, to be honest, the person that I climbed the most with since then is you. Yeah, I guess so. We climb a lot, don't we? Yeah. We've just climbed. We just climbed. I had a very good session at the Innsbruck Kletcentrum. I had a terrible session. You crushed. That's that, that you had a new pair of shoes. A and new pair of shoes. Fire. Yeah, yeah. And it was very sweaty. It was so sweaty. I felt like, you said it, like jet lag. I felt like that. Yeah, yeah. It was horrible. Uh, but then, so yeah, I don't really think I have like an actual mentor that I've like really has shown me. Other than you and Charlie, and mm. I think you guys have shown me a lot. I just, I've kind of had, to, I've kind of been essentially because I live in an area where there's not that many climbers, so I'm always convincing other people that don't climb that much mm. to come climbing with me. So I had to get to a standard pretty quick, um, and so I had like Charlie and yours, your, you guys help, but actually get. I'm obviously I'm still not very good, but like to get to that point, I had to to get myself like mm. I could get up a sport route and blah 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 blah. blah. So these days I still go, I still have to convince people to come climbing with me. And a lot of the time they don't really like climbing. So I basically have, I'm the one that kind of knows what I'm doing kind of thing. 
Uh, I don't think I'm a very effective mentor in that, <laughs> in that regard. This is the thing, though. But you, you, I suppose you are now a mentor for your kids because you take your kids climbing. Yeah. Yeah. You're the dad. You know, to, to their eyes, you're you're a pro. You know, yeah. you must be like a king. <laughs> so, is, what's that yeah. feeling like to to bring? It's it's awful to say next generation, but you know what I mean. Like to 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 be a role model for your kids. Yeah. Well, we touched on it before. I think when we when I, I have any when you speak about like sometimes it's quite nice to go with somebody that's not as good as you and you be the person and you like maybe do some easier climbs type thing. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoy it. I think it's nice. I feel quite relaxed doing it. I, but most of the time we go to a crag where I know and I'm feel I quite feel relaxed and good. But there is always that thing of like. Um, you pass on the fear. Somebody told me about this the other day. Mm-hmm. But basically, like, if you're not the most inexperienced person there, all your fear gets transferred to the person <laughs> that knows the least. Yeah. So if you're the most inexperienced person on a climbing trip, you're the one that's going to be like the fumbly one that's going to be thinking that everybody's watching you the whole time, doing stuff, wondering whether your figure eight's good enough and like checking it and having no confidence in it. Although normally you can tie a figure of eight knot absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where we're going with this, but basically, uh, climbing mentors. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's go back to you, climbing mentors. I, I'm lucky enough to have, to have had a few, and and that it's because, and I'm not going to talk about them all, but I would like to shout out Cole Star and Pete Austin as two people who uh, took me under their wing very much. So, so say those names again. Cole Styron. Cole Styron. Yeah. Uh, the manager of the climb wall I used to work at and yeah. climb at. Yeah. And then Peter Austin. He's the, he's the guy with the tennis. That guy. Ah, okay. They both... The Sharapova. Yeah, the Sharapova. They both very much took me under their wing and taught me a lot. Um, But uh, Trevor is my climbing mentor. Uh, Trevor is... uh, Was... Trevor is sadly... He sadly passed away uh, two years ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, But he... So the climbing wall I went to was called Climb London. And I did a beginner's course, which I've talked about before. And he took my beginner's course. And he was an older bloke. And he was like the epitome of a climbing hippie. He lived in London... I still don't know how he made any money, but he somehow did. He lived with his wife uh, and kids uh, and he worked really hard and he had, every time I'd speak to him, he'd be like, one day I will, I will onsite every 7A you could possibly do. And it would always be his goal. Um, but he loved climbing and he loved the little things about it. So when I went to font with him for the first time, all he could talk about was the color of the rocks and the texture of the rocks, all he cared. And he didn't care about the grade, he just cared about sort of flowing up them, oh, um, nice. which was nice, but it was it, it was the opposite of me. Like I'm very much a box ticker with climbing, yeah. but it was nice to have that influence around me to someone to point out the beauty of the rock. But uh, yeah, I went on a few trips with Trevor um, and I think he saw me as a very enthusiastic young man who he could sort of vicariously live through a little bit. And I think he could see that I had a little bit of skill with climbing, but I think he could see that I loved it. Um, and it was something he loved, but, you know, kids' life gets on top of you a bit and you can't necessarily continue what you what he was doing when he was my age. You know, he, he climbed the Johnny Dawes. He was back with that kind of era of people. Um, and it was lovely. And he took me on um, my first multi-pitch experience in uh, the Y Valley, which is near Bristol. And it was a multi-pitch E1 called King Kong, which is a very... If you live in England, you probably know about this route. It's got a notorious second pitch on it. Um, but it was my first multi-pitch. It was my first limestone. And I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was so scared. And I just remember thinking like this... What I consider to be a fairly older man just floating up this route that I now know to be fairly difficult. It's probably it's top ND one. It's quite hard. Uh, and he, t- he took me on this thing. And I remember just feeling overall that he had the ability to just do it, to... To, to keep his head together. It was, you know, a couple of hundred meters tall or whatever it was. Um, and it was, I found it scary. And he just was very calm, very chilled out. Um, 
Yeah, we went to uh, the other memory I have of, of him is we went on a sport climbing trip to Montserrat, just outside of Barcelona, and it's a wow. wonderful place up in the hills. Uh, but he had this idea that we we would you have to get a train out of Barcelona and you take a, like a funicular train up and then you walk, and he. He, um, there was a church, like an abandoned church that people used as a, like climbers kept on the floor, you paid like five euros a night. Uh, the, the, when I stayed one night, the, the guy made out a bill and the bill was for accommodation, food and weed, depending on what you bought. And it was all included within the bill. So it's that kind of an atmosphere, right? <laughs> but yeah, he took me up there and I just remember being in the mists of Montserrat and he, he took us to this climb and I can't remember the name of it, but it's a very, very famous multi-pitch with a, with a scary 7A uh, section in it and if you've climbed at Montserrat it's conglomerate it's weird pebble pulling but he always wanted to do this climb and we didn't do it that trip because the weather was horrendous and honestly we wouldn't have got up it I had this impression that I could climb it I definitely couldn't have um, but I re- it's very poignant to me because I, we, we got really close to it uh, and it was this swirling mist around this pinnacle of a tower and I remember him saying that one day he'd come back and climb it and of course he never did he, he's died since then mm-hmm. but that was it's, it's a very strong memory for me and uh, without him I wouldn't have I think I would have climbed but I wouldn't have been taught the respect for climbing and the history of it without him so he's, he's a big deal in my life that's very cool. That's yeah, a good story. That's a good guy. Yeah. Okay, then, uh, for you, climbing hero, like, more badass, like someone pushing it, athlete-style hero. Um, uh, it's difficult. It's difficult. I think, for me... Okay, I'm going to work this out as I talk, because I'm not really sure. So, I don't think it's really a sport climber or a boulderer. Mm. I think it's got to be somebody else that's, like... Pushing it, but in kind of different ways. I'm kind of never somebody that goes for like. This is not. This is not obvious for me. Like I kind of maybe said my more obvious ones, but if I'm gonna think think of somebody that's pushing it, um, I'm not sure. It's difficult. Have you got somebody in mind? It's okay. So if we're talking sport climbing world, well, this is the thing. Is it like yeah, we, it's like competition? Gonna, how, what we, how are we doing this? I don't know. I think it's like because. I, I feel like I like looking elsewhere within. Mm-hmm. I, I I appreciate what those guys are doing in the sport climbing, but it's so unrelatable. Yeah, I get that. Um, that I like to look for guys that don't just like like I said with Sean and, and Nico, they like yeah. look for the adventure and stuff like that. What about someone like Pete Whitaker then? Tom Randall, Pete Whitaker. Yeah, no, I think they they would be up there because they're pushing it, yeah. but they're not exactly taking it. Well, they are taking it seriously, but it doesn't appear like they're taking it seriously. Yeah, they've got a good uh, cloak of of not taking it too seriously. Definitely. Uh, yes, I think they would be. They'd very much be up there. I think so. Yeah. Just they, but that, again, it's to do to do with their personalities and mm-hmm. and they're very funny. Uh, and then also we got to know them as well. I guess it's weird having a climb like having these heroes that you kind of know. And we are yes. very fortunate to yes. know these people. Yeah. Um, having worked with them a little bit, so it's that kind of aspect is. Is uh, it's different? I, I tell you what, I, I tell you who I think probably was my climbing hero was probably uh, Uli Steg. Ah, okay. Because um, you worked with him, didn't you? Again, I worked with him, and again, it's a personal thing because he was always always very good, and he was always like knew my name. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone who doesn't know who Uli Steg is, is that is it? Who doesn't know who Uli Steg? Well, I, yeah, just, I imagine, I imagine yeah. there is. It's like Uli Steg um, sadly passed away last year, mm, two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago, and he if, was if not um, a bit more. A bit easier. He was on a uh, expedition to climb 
like a different side of it was North he, he was trying to do a link up of Everest. So he was trying to link the horseshoe together. Yeah, yeah, um, which was an audacious kind of attempt to do something like that. But uh, he'd been trying to he tried to do it a couple of years before, and he got into this big mingle with uh, with all the Sherpas, mm-hmm. and they'd all like basically turned on them. Um, but uh, before that, he did uh, he did like speed ascents on the Matterhorn, speed ascents on um, Annapurna, like mm-hmm. solo, like. First one tap to mount to like Alex Honnold type solo yeah. kind of thing yeah. but in a different environment do you remember that John Griffiths picture of him on the giraffe yeah down. terrifying insane yeah absolutely insane um, so yeah I think he and he was definitely what was interesting about him was that he was like he basically brought to a certain extent European climbing to the mainstream I'd say he was kind of the European uh, Alex Honnold in many ways um, but then he was very down to earth when we met him very Swiss still but like in a in a weirdly nice way he was just very clinical very like sure of himself but uh just always very friendly and the what he was pushing just insane i've just i've got so much respect for any like alpine climber who's really pushing it and and able to suffer but then also be able to like climb technical ground when you're in that state you know what i mean i think it's just something so out there Mm that uh, is incredible. I always think you, 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 and you mentioned it just now and you tell the story. What, explain to people why remembering your name is a big deal because it, it'd be the same if you remembered not my name because I think people who don't work in the industry like we do don't quite understand how many people are around these people, you know what I mean? So yeah. why is remembering your name a big deal for you? I think, I think remembering your name is a big deal because, like you said, we, we, we meet a lot of people and we are essentially part of the big, the mass media essentially. So, um, and, and, you know, we are, we're just another guy with a camera. We're just another guy with a microphone who just wants a little bit of, of them in order to kind of make a video or, you know, at, at, at the the most uh, harshest way, we we want to like, do interviews with the with the big stars because we know it will get the best, best views. Um, and we don't obviously see those guys like that. And we try very hard to kind of like have kind of personal relationships when we can. We we don't bother them when they, we know they don't want to be bothered, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, and and we try really hard to be more personal and be, be more approachable. So you got muzzy on you, sorry. <laughs> I've just killed it. There you go. Oh, Dead. Thank you. Um, so we try really hard, and 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 when that gets recognised, essentially, uh, uh, that is that's that means a lot to me, and I, I'm sure it means a lot to you as well. Yeah. And so the 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 what's the the example of that, the the way that is shown, the, is by somebody remembering your name. If you see an athlete that you've met a couple of times in the last couple of years, um, and they remember your name, I just in general, people that remember your name, I'm I'm always amazed by because I never do it and I'm terrible. Mm-hmm. But athletes who do it, I think is just is amazing. And so he he has always remembered my name. Um, Sure, there's another one. Uh, Fanny Gibert, to be honest, yes, has always remembered my name. Yeah. She's a very lovely, lovely lady, and we saw it. We were working. I, I say that because we were working with her today. But Ulysek, and and when he when he died, I definitely think it was the first athlete, first climber that died that I really, for me, that was that had a real effect. Yeah. If I'm going to talk about my heroes, and I've realised something here. So I would, I was going to say someone like Dave McLeod, right? Mm-hmm. I remember watching that Rhapsody video, video, he pushing that. That blew my mind. But I'm not going to say it's him because um, I've had this realisation whilst we've been talking that you and me are a bit old school because the next generation of people, their heroes are going to be Olympic athletes. 
that's who they're going to see. They're going to see these guys who are superheroes, and that it's going to be Usain Bolt from now on, you know. And we're talking about some guy pick up E9 down there with no nuts, you know <laughs> what I mean? But the next generation's heroes, they're going to be stars. Or, you know, yes, obviously they're not going to be footballers, but they're going to be these athletes, these unattainable athletes. So I'm going to say that my person who pushes it is Yanya Gambrett. Slovenian climber, super young, but she is... And, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm a British person. I have huge respect for Shauna Coxie, Molly Thompson-Smith, all those guys. But Yanya Garnbrett, I think, is an example to everyone because she is the most, unarguably, the most dominant competition climber we've ever seen. She's won, I mean, she won six out of six Bouldering World Cups. She wins lead, she wins combined, she cruises. But she is a true role model from what I've seen. And I know things can change, maybe fame will change her. But whenever I talk to her and I tell her we're gonna do something with her, she's genuinely amazed that we'd spend the time filming yeah. her, which yeah. is a wonderful, humble thing. She, uh, she's also like, when, so when she first started climbing and I was watching her, I used to think that, so she'd fall off a boulder and get very, very angry with herself. And I used to think it was kind of petulance, like a little bit of like, oh, you're really good and now you're throwing your toys out. But she doesn't throw her toys out. She's gutted for herself because all she wants to do is climb that boulder. And I think as an example to people of passion, that's a pretty good one to have. The fact you're not throwing your toys out of the pram because something, because some judge said something or something, it's because you know you should have got out of that boulder and you can't do it and you can't quite live with yourself. I think that is is a heck of a thing. People are going to say, you know, like climbing is individual and you shouldn't be hard on yourselves. I don't agree with that. I think if you're an athlete, especially an Olympic athlete, you have to have that. And she does it in a very lovely way. And I respect that hugely. And uh, I think she's a good ambassador for things like Red Bull. You know, she's an athlete now for that. She does it in the right way, I think. Um, so, and also just, it's unbelievable how good she is. Incredible. That, I, I mean, insane. Oof. Yeah. The last person that I would I'd say was close, uh, well, I well, Shauna was pretty close. She won. She had like that a couple of years where she was like winning loads. But yeah. Anna Stor, there was a year back in the two thousands where she was like, I think she won five out of six. Mm. She was totally dominant, and she made it look like Yanya makes it look easy. Mm. Like the last person I remember seeing making it look that easy was Anna Stor. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she didn't win six out of six. Yanya's, yeah. but then and, and at the same time, Yanya's is the, one of the, the best sport climber as well. Yeah. And Anna wasn't yeah, a sport yeah. climber. But what's great about Yanya? She's she hasn't been a boulder very long. No, you know, I, two years ago, Yanya is a lead climber, and yeah. then suddenly it was like, oh, she's doing some bouldering. That's yeah. nice. Oh God, she's killing everyone. You know, it was like, where did this woman come from? It's amazing. There was a, there was an amazing uh, last sport of living legends where they I think that maybe you went no no you didn't go it was I think it was Dave Sowell. Yes, it was the year before yeah. Uh, and it was the first time they'd done a, a female living legends, mm-hmm. and they basically invited like Melissa Maneve, uh, Shauna Coxie, Anna Stur, Yuli Verm, and then they were like, and then Yanya Gambrett as well. And Yanya, Yanya was like 16 at the time, and she'd like done, she'd won a couple of events in the sport, but nothing, had done nothing in Boulder, and she literally went and destroyed the field. Yeah, like she won it hands down easily, mm-hmm. uh, and then that that was the t- that was the first time that I was like, wow, she's gonna be. Incredible. How long are you going for? Well, perhaps to wind it down, uh, I was I was thinking that it's interesting how both of us have come up with heroes because we haven't said Adam Andre, we haven't said Alex Magos, we haven't has said um, uh, what's her name, Ladies Climb Nine B, oh, Angie Ita. Angie Ita. And I think that's because the people we've talked about have touched us personally in some way, mm. and I think that's what a hero is about. It's got it, it's you know if you're if you're this amazing 
you know, you, Usain Bolt is not my hero. I respect him, but he's not my hero. People who are my heroes are people who have inspired me or touched me in some way. And it's interesting how both of us have said that. Just thinking about now, we, uh, other than Yanya, mm. we've, we've very much dominated on, on the male side of things. Yeah. I don't really think about that. No, but I mean, but having said that, uh, Hazel Findlay, again, my trad climbing hero, I remember watching her in the videos and just being like, how is anyone that bold? Like yeah. how, you know, she's on an E6. That, you remember that E6 on Rainbow Slab she, she led? And she's just like, do, 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 yeah. having yeah. a great time, like huge run out beneath her. Johnny Dawes is being her just like mouth agape. <laughs> oh my God. And Angie Ita, Margot Hayes. There are, there are, there are women. There are, there are. It, it's just, I'm slightly annoyed myself that I didn't, I, I went straight for the males. But then I think maybe I, again, it's that kind of personal ass thing. And I think, although like, yeah, like I think, like I know Hazel and she's, she's lovely. She's very, very nice. And she's definitely one that remembers my name. So, but um, I think maybe the fact that it's like that, the recent exposure I've had to them. Um, and Hazel, I think, I think Hazel, if you look back at like a couple of years ago, four or five years ago, even she was like, I think she's had injuries and it, which had kind of set her back. She's kind of been doing like sport climbing stuff, but there was a point where she was like, the, she was trad and she was pushing trad. And whenever somebody's pushing trad, I'm like, yes, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the whole stepping off on uh, that E9 she did? Once in time in Southwest, I think it was. Oh, it was like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you're going to die. Terrifying. Uh, insane, man. Uh, I, I, yeah, definitely. I think Hazel, uh, having thought about it, I think she'd definitely be up there. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, that's it, guys. I think we're done here. Uh, tomorrow we start the uh, rigmarole that is the the uh, outdoor show here in Munich. So wish us luck if you listen to this. You would have heard this after we've come back. So we're either dead or tired. What do you think is going to be the best uh, new product that Ooh. we will see? Well, there's obviously stuff we don't know about. Yeah. Um, but, stuff... but who do you think, like, if, of all the brands... Who do you think is going to be releasing something the most interesting? Oh, I don't know, but I'm very excited to see the Scarpa stand. I think Scarpa always step it up. I always go to Scarpa. If I, okay, if I, if I, of all the brands, yeah. if, if you gave me 400 quid, that's too much, 200 quid, I'd go to Scarpa first. Okay, okay. Yeah, because like Las Motiva recently have just been like upgrading their old models yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a... But having said that, five ten maybe. Five ten maybe. Five ten are about to launch something quite special. Oh really? Well, we talked about it the other day. True. I think we saw Will Bosey. True, true, true. That is very cool. But we have been spending time with the Black Diamond Z four. That's very cool as well. Which is a very cool cam. So, uh, although it's we got a preview of that before outdoor, that's probably my product because I love. But then that is an update. I'd say it's like I. Oh, you mean totally new? I kind of feel like I, I, I like. Don't get me wrong. I dig the updates. I love the updates, but. Like to, like brand new, snazzy wazzy. There aren't many. Not since the Beale Escaper have we seen something really out there. Yeah, that was really out there. That was totally out there. Uh, and if you want to watch a video, <laughs> me cocking everything up, uh, then go to YouTube and you can join the plethora of people saying I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but not for like the Beale Escaper stuff. There's like there's a few other yeah, it's all the other crap. But you know, yeah. what I said about the Escaper still stands. Anyway, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe. Uh, please leave a comment. Please leave a review if you have. We've had lots of people responding, but not many reviews. So please leave a review. And we'll see you next time. Should we get some dinner? Yes. I'm hungry. Bye.